Welcome to She Speaks with Yana Me podcast, presented by She3, offering relatable, healing, and authentic content. In today's episode 111, we will talk about mental health and how it affects the mother-daughter relationship. I'm your host, and you're listening to She Speaks with Yana Me. Joining me for today's episode is one of my close friends. I have a lot, so don't question it, don't ask. Um, it's Lana Faye. And I would like her to go ahead and tell you guys a little bit about herself before we go ahead and get started. She's a little nervous, um, but it's absolutely fine. So, ma'am, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Lana. I'm Chance in China's mom, a single mom of a beautiful daughter and a beautiful, handsome son and two doggies. Rex and Yari. Oh, yeah, you still got crazy Yari. No, Rex Yari is, is crazy. Cra- no, okay. Rex is the crazy one. I haven't had the pleasure of Rex yet, but Yari. You don't want it. <laughs> Yari's a little crazy. Okay. Is there anything else that you would like the people to know? Um, Not right now. That's coming <laughs> off the top of my head. That's perfectly fine. Me and Lana have been friends since I uh, moved to Chicago. Wow, how long We've has that been? We've been friends since 2007. Matter of fact, since August or September of 2007, actually. That's over 10 years. Mm-hmm. That's, wait, that's 12? Yep, and her son became my godson. I have a plethora of kids who love me. Yeah. And he's 21 now. Yep. And when I first met Chance, oh my God, how? He was he was a little boy. I mean, he wasn't a little, he was a little big boy. He was in what? What grade was he in? In 2007, Chance was in, who? Fourth grade? Man, time really. You are right. I think so because Tasia and China are the same age, and they were in. I think when I came back here, Tasia and China. I think were in the first. Yeah, so he was in a first second grade. Yeah. Yeah, he was like third or fourth. He was third or fourth, and then Tasia and China was first or second. Yeah. Oh, I think they were first. First grade, because Chance graduated a couple of years before China. Yeah. So I think they were in the first grade. Wow. Yeah, I've known them a long time. A long time. It doesn't seem like, okay. So we're going to go ahead and get started. So today's episode, we are talking about mental health and parenting and um, how it affects the relationships you have with your kids. So this can be a one that talks about, I mean, of course, it affects the relationship you have with your sons, um, obviously. But we're focusing on the mother-daughter relationship. But it can still apply, basically. So, um, first, if you don't mind, give me a little background about your relationship with you and your mom. Because that's going to come into play as we talk about other things, too. Um, As far as what, like... How it is. How it's been for you throughout the years. Any challenges. How you were able to get through those challenges. Oh, um, relationship with my mom. Well, first, my mom is my everything, and um, I'm a spoiled brat. That's how she raised me, and, um, you know, it's challenging to be a grown-up and still be a spoiled brat, but, you know, I've adjusted 
<laughs> um, have you really? Yeah, I've adjusted. I mean, I still have some spoiled tendencies, but I don't get what I want anymore like that. My kids get it all. But um, relationship with my mom is very challenging um, because I am my mother's daughter, and I'm grown now, and uh, she wants me I wouldn't say so much now she wants me to do what she wants me to do um, because I believe now she trusts me more than she has uh, in my younger days as being a mom. I think she trusts me more now that I make the right decisions. Um, She's my biggest supporter. Um, My mom is everything to me. We're very close. We're very close. We have a good relationship. She recently just told me I can only stay one day at her house (laughs) because I'm a brat. (laughs) And she don't want to deal with me for more than one day. But um, our relationship is good. I mean, she's, I mean, she wants what she wants. She, She wants to be in control of my life. But I think she's like, you know, She's a little adjusted now with not being able to be in control of my life. And she doesn't like any of my choices. Well, I ain't going to say any, but she don't like a lot of my choices. (laughs) So, yeah. But, you know, we have the typical, I won't say typical, but we have a very close, loving relationship. Okay. To sum it up. Awesome. Well, I can relate to that because I do try to control my mom's life. So, yeah. Okay. And then how would you say, we're going to get into other stuff, like I said, but how is your relationship with China? Oh, my God. It's scary. Um, It's scary. I, I, with China... I wish for the relationship with her that me and my mother has. Even though we've uh, we've gotten a long way, my daughter is very afraid of me, and um, she's withdrawn in a lot of the things that she talks about, which we're close, but we are nowhere near the relationship that me and my mother have. When you say scared, what do you mean? Is she scared of your reactions to some of her decisions or? I, you know, she's scared of my reactions um, to anything that she feel that will upset me. I don't think it is, I, I, I don't think it's as bad now as it used to be, but um, it still is like some fear there, you know, but versus like her coming up from her being younger, it was a lot of fear there, but I don't think it's as much fear because she's been through some things and I've had to be there. She's had to open up and tell me things that 
has been very hard for her to tell me. Uh, very hard for any daughter to to tell her mom. So it's been some really hard things that she had to to reveal to me. And um, I think my reaction to those things made her feel more comfortable with coming forth with more things that she has with me being the first person she would come to when she has issues and it just it's just rough sometimes it's hard being a mother of a girl it's <laughs> very hard very very hard i can understand yeah <laughs> All right, it's fine. Flip on that. <laughs> okay, um, so would you mind sharing the issues you've had to deal with mentally? Um, mentally, I deal with um, a lot of depression issues and um, anxiety and... Um, You just want to know, like, just the mental health issues I deal with, and and then we'll get into how how it has affected um, your parenting when it comes to your relationship with China. Okay. Well, yeah, the the depression, a lot of uh, mood swings, um, a lot of mood swings. That's not bipolar. I've never been diagnosed with bipolar. Um, and you, yeah, and anxiety, and um, as of recently, um, like in uh, intrusive thoughts. Those, mm. those are some mental issues that I deal with. Did I say anxiety already? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. How long have you been dealing with these issues? Um, I would like to say that I've been dealing with them since I was young. Um, I really don't know, like, when they started. I, I can't pinpoint that. Um, I know I tried to commit suicide at 17 with a bottle of Tylenol because of a boy. I don't know what, that wasn't depression. That was just retarded. That was just insane. But, um... I don't know. I I feel like I really, I'm an emotional eater, so I know sometimes I dealt with depression at some time, but when I really, really started to deal with um, depression um, at full speed was when I became sick, when I became disabled. That's when my depression really affected my life. Okay. And that was after you became a parent. Yeah, that was after I became a parent. Okay. I became a parent at 18 years old. Okay. And how would you say, so I've seen, you know, how the depression has affected you, at least from my time being in your life. You know, um, but I don't live with you. Okay. So I can only see what I see when I'm around you at certain times. Um, so how has the depression played its part? in your relationship with your children? Very unstable. 
Um, <laughs> and exciting and fun. Um, you know, just uh, I think like a, a bunch of highs and lows. Um, them being, you know, afraid of me, like to to talk to me about things. Um, uh, what else? Um, it, it affected them being open with me. Um, my depression, me not uh, being active at some parts of their life or, you know, not having the energy, the mental energy to deal with a lot of things. Um, Um, a, a lot, um, just, just dealing with, um, heavy stress, just dealing, dealing with a lot, it's, it, it's affected a lot. I don't know how to, like, describe it. That's okay. So, when you say it affected a lot, what are some things that you can pinpoint? So, like, when I was thinking about, you know, their fear of telling you certain things because of your reactions, and it's because they're afraid that your reactions are the reactions that you get when you're depressed and overly emotional, or not to say overly emotional, but you know, the extreme emotions that you experience, the the sadness or um, anything like that. I, I would think all of it, um, my reaction for me to be angry, for me to yell, for me to scream, or for me to be sad, or for me to cry, but it's, it's, I don't think, no, I don't really think, I mean, I, I guess I can't speak for them, so I can't really say, I only can say what I think, or mm-hmm. what they've told to me now that they're grown-ups, um, versus, you know, excuse me, versus with them being younger, and us being able to have adult conversations now a lot that my son would tell me was they would just always say shoo we were scared to say this or we were scared to say that like they would flip out like I like I beat them or something so it made me feel horrible because it was like well what did y'all really think I was gonna do like my reaction must have been that bad made them feel that bad where they thought that I was just going to kill them. And maybe, maybe I, maybe I did make them feel that way. You know, I really don't know, but, um, we, we all, we both, all three of us have a really close bond and connection now. Um, but coming up, they were, they were just afraid of me. They were afraid that I was just going to snap out. Um, we never discussed, like, as far as my sad moments, like, oh, well, Mom, I didn't want to tell you this because I knew it would make you sad. I mostly always heard, well, Mom, I didn't want to tell you this because I didn't want you to s- snap, you know. So I was. So it was your anger that they were afraid of. Yeah, it was my it was my anger, my rage. They was afraid of, which consists of yelling, throwing things, screaming, pacing the floor, 
just just spazzing out, I guess, and that that they was very afraid of that. I guess they was like afraid of like what I would do to them. And I I don't it's only been a couple of times where I, things had got a stream as far as physical with my son and my daughter that I can um remember like one time with each that I could just that always is in my head mm-hmm. that you know that I will always remember like I would never forget those times at all ever I don't think because it made you feel guilty not that it made it made me feel bad it okay. made me feel it made me feel bad but um with my son it made me feel bad, but I feel like even though I, it was a horrible situation, he didn't mess with no guns coming up. <laughs> he, don't, he don't mess with no guns. It was about a toy gun that I spazzed out on him about, and he don't mess with no guns. And um, he, don't, he not even on that, that lifeline. So... It's kind of like it, it's. It, I remember it because I feel like it. It taught him something because he was like about, I guess, like about twelve then, and so it taught him something that, you know, he's twenty one now, that he didn't play around with no guns. Like guns, after that day, guns ain't fascinate him no more, and being in the the times that we are, right now, I feel like. I did a good job for him mm-hmm. to remember not to mess with no guns. <laughs> so okay. with that situation, yes. With my daughter, I, I just don't know. I don't know. I feel bad. I feel guilty. Um, I don't think I accomplished anything from that situation. But to put more fear in her. Making it more uh, harder for her to talk, open up to you. Yeah, some you know, I don't think I accomplished anything, but putting more fear, make it harder for her to talk to me, and um, I would and harder to open up. But you know, she's opened up to me a a lot, a lot more, a lot more. So, how is the communication? What has been the struggles with the communication between you two? Oh, it's been a big struggle. Um, since when she was young, I she doesn't communicate. So I would write her notes and letters and put them under her bed. So when she got old enough to text, then we then we text. Like I'll be in the next room, and we'll communicate by text. It's not. She's Verbal. not. She's not a very verbal person and it's just not with me she's just very soft-spoken but have so much going on in her mind and um she's not she's not good on communication she's not big on communication and um it um yeah I don't it's hard I think for I think for Tasia, I think she's okay with the communication part. Mm-hmm. She will 
explain herself after she's gotten in trouble or something like that. But she'll she'll talk. She's a talker. She talks a lot like I do. Mm -hmm. talks much. Maxine, not so much. Maxine Mm -hmm. doesn't like to talk. You can ask her a million times what's wrong. Yeah, that's how China is. um, She'll stay silent. Like, not even to text her. She'll just stay silent. You know, now she's gotten to the point where I guess she feel like now she's grown, so she could say a little bit more than what she could say then. Mm. But, um, like, I think we was arguing about something. And I said, I don't care. And she's like, I know you don't care because that's all you always say. Which, and I felt, I only felt bad about that because when I say I don't care, it doesn't mean that I don't care. My I don't care be, it be to the bullshit. Like, no, I don't care to hear that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean I don't care in general about what we're discussing or about the situation. But that's how they take it. So I only feel bad about that part. Right. <laughs> but that's not what I mean by it. I know what I mean by it. Y'all giving me BS. And I know that it's BS. So I don't care to hear that explanation. Okay. But they take it the other way, though. Yeah, and that, and it's amazing because you never know how they how they take things, and you wouldn't even think that they take things that way mm-hmm. until you can sit down and have that conversation. Because me and my mom was talking on the way here, and she was talking about how when she was sixteen and she left for a week with a with a boy and she was like man I really put my mama through some stuff I didn't realize it till I had kids and I'm like yeah you never do like I never realized a lot that I put my mom through until I had my kids and it's like I'm grown now so it's just like I find myself calling her sometimes especially during China's teenage years like I'm so sorry, Mom, for whatever I put you through. Like, is I'm sorry when I did this because they do that to you, and you know, and you don't, you never know how a person feels, mm-hmm. even though they're a child. Like, you never know how you really make somebody feel until they tell you, like, hey, well, you made me feel this way when you said that. And see, with my son, he can do that. You know, he he's groomed, unfortunately, to deal with me. But as are all kids to their parents, you know. Yeah. They know how to deal with their parents. They know how to get what they want out their parents. And, um, and my daughter does, too, in her silence. She knows exactly what to not do and <laughs> what to not say to get me going to know, like, something's wrong or you know she's unhappy about something you know but I uh, but some things I can't admit if they it shocks me when they say well you know you made me feel this way when you did this it'll shock me sometimes I'll be like really I didn't think I did like you didn't even I didn't even feel like I made you feel that way like you were saying well mom you did and I'm like oh I'm sorry about that. You know, like, it's different now because they're older. And um, it makes life a little easier. You know, it, it was no, kind of, Yeah. It was the opposite for me when I would call my mom about these kids. Because I was the one kid she had that mm-hmm. didn't do nothing. Mm-hmm. That didn't give her issues. Uh, you know, um, but I think it was more so 
kind of like China. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though I talk a lot, I didn't talk to her then about what I... I didn't tell her how I felt about anything until I was an adult and I was in the military. Mm-hmm. About anything that happened as a kid. You know, about how she made me feel about anything. We didn't discuss it until I was grown. And mine was out of fear of me not talking to her because it was, I was afraid of her. Um, Cause she, I won't say she was mean. She wasn't mean, but I think what interfered with my mom being a parent was her um, depression and her dealing with her grief of my grandmother passing away. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that affected our relationship because it, she was hurting, you mm-hmm. know, and so it made her, her distant because she needed her mom. So don't get me wrong, I know she loved me, right? But we didn't, we didn't talk. Um, I don't know, it was we wasn't close mm-hmm. then, and so I didn't go to her and talk to her about stuff unless I absolutely had to. Mm-hmm. And but I didn't get yelled at surprisingly for certain things. I didn't get yelled at. I didn't get cussed out. I, she didn't react how I thought she would have reacted. But we just, but now, you know, we as thick as thieves. Right. We talk multiple times a day about every single thing, even if it's nonsense. Even if we're repeating something we forgot we told each other earlier during the day. <laughs> that's how it, that's how it is. But I think for me, it was, it was kind of like China. I, I was scared of her reactions, what her reactions would be. So I really just didn't say anything and I tried to make sure I did everything right. Right. Yeah. She's China's definitely, you know, she's she's definitely uh she got me on her key ring. Like she she definitely has my car. She definitely knows how to manipulate me into um she knows how to tap into my guilt and manipulate me about her guilt. Which then I tap on to other people about her guilt, you know, because like about her birthday, she got me feeling horrible about others, other people's actions, you know, like and I don't have no control over mm-hmm. it, you know. She's upset and she's sad about, and you know, and I try to over overcompensate for everything that's important to her out of guilt, you know. And it's like, you know, I feel like, oh, well, um, everybody always, you know, comes to chance things. People send for chance and take him out of town. People do so much for chance. Even before chance was sick, you know, Mm -hmm. people just was always so much attentive to chance. But then on chances end, you know, China had a dad that was active, you know, when he wanted to be. And she had a whole other side of the family, and, you know, that she spent time with. I mean, she don't do that no more, but, you know, at a time it was like that. But he was just as welcome. They, like, they never made a difference to me, not too much of a difference, you know, that my mama would allow, you know, because she didn't play about her baby, you know, with Chance when they was coming up. But... You know, the only part I think that he, I'm sure he felt some type of way, but he never talked to me about it. Um, But China definitely feels some type of way about 
her graduation, her birthday, her prom, things that happened to her versus that happened to Chance that everybody comes for, everybody loves Chance, but when it's something for her, it's not as glorified as it would for Chance, and Mm -hmm. that makes her sad. That makes her feel some type of way. So what do I go do? I go tell other people, well, you think you can come because China's really sad because of this, and then I'm putting my guilt on other people because I'm, you know, because of the whole situation. And it's just like, it's just, it's like a crazy cycle. It's just crazy. I just sat here and thought about that. Like, wow. But, yeah, I don't even know what, how I get on that. It's okay. It's, it's A, that's how it flows, right? So what have been, what has been the biggest challenge you think with your, with your mental health as I know there's challenges with it as far as how you deal with it and everything. What has been the biggest challenge with, um, how you raise your kids and still having to function with that? Well, that's kind of a hard question. Are you speaking of, because they grown right now, do you speaking of right now or are you talking about, you'll never quit both. I mean, I can quit on some days. (laughs) (laughs) I, I I quit. I mean, coming up, raising them, coming up. Um, I really don't know because I was a very active, involved parent, yes, and everything are. they, and everything that they did. So my depression, when it came to that, my didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't allow my depression to not be active. And what they had going on, only thing that really kept me from what uh, go, what was going on in their life, if I was in the hospital for for something. But then I always had my mom there to support them and be there for them. And you know, um, whomever I was involved with, you know, they were there and and supported them if I couldn't be there. But I would have to be in the hospital. I've, it's, I've even been times that I rolled up in my wheelchair or whatever the case to support my kids. So coming up, um, I it's being active. It didn't keep me from being. It didn't keep me from being active in their life. My depression. Um, I guess I really. I really don't know because I think my kid, my kids is what really kept me going dealing okay. with my depression because I always had to make sure they was okay. I had to always make sure that it was food that I that I cook. You know, like I always had to make sure. So it was like I really didn't have enough leisure time to deal with a lot. You know. Um, Versus when when they were younger, and if I couldn't deal with it, my mom was there to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So, um, when it when it when things whenever it got that bad from them coming up to, you know, to now, if I couldn't deal with it, or if I was going through something, you know, I always had her there to to take that to take that weight off. Um, so, I mean, I don't. What is, 
Okay, how can I write this? What is a symptom that has caused you, has caused an issue with your parenting? And what I mean by that is like, so for me, I deal with anxiety a mm. lot. And my anxiety makes me very irritable, easily irritated, on edge, just easily annoyed. And so I find myself um, yelling very loudly and aggressively for no reason, like, off top for one simple question and then I'll sit back and feel bad because that really didn't take all of that you need to calm down before you react or respond but that's what I deal with mostly like that's the hardest part for me and so but that that is what plays itself out with them you know my yelling and even though I'm naturally a yeller because I you know I yell I'm loud but I know I can tell when it's because of my anxiety that I'm yelling for no reason and yeah. trading can't handle that. Mm. Well, um, yeah, my anxiety, like dealing with, I'm a yeller. Um, cursing my kids out and yelling at them is just like breathing air. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just normal, unfortunately. I mean, I don't know. My, my son... <laughs> Send me this thing about me yelling about moms talking to their kids. It's this little muffet, and he's like, "You always yelling about something." Is it was a cute little meme, but um, talking yelling is just like breathing to my kids. Like it just isn't normal if I'm not yelling at them. And now that they're older, you know, chance to be like. Gosh, mom, why are you yelling? And then I'll curse him out about that. You know, now <laughs> now since he older, I can say more vulgar words <laughs> to him, you know. Like it was PG thirteen with my yelling with him coming up. Now <laughs> that he's older, you know, I can call him with his yeah, thank you ball self. I went straight to rated R. You did? There was no in between. Um, but I'm trying to hone back on that. Um, it's very hard because I like cussing. So what, what is your rated R? Yelling at the boys. Well, you know, don't judge me, y'all. I say a lot of MFers. Um, MFers is probably my favorite thing to say or just the F word itself. And Tristan's be like, Mom, you said the F word. You're not supposed to say it. You know, Tristan loves calling me out on it. Trayden don't really call me out, Tristan, because I asked him, I said, one day last year in October, and they remember it was a year ago. I, I told him, I said, Mommy really wants to stop cussing, so anytime I cuss, I need you to call me out, hold me accountable, son. And they both agreed. Tristan does it. So, um, but it's all MF her, shit ass, all types of stuff, you know, your dirty ball self. Like, you know, just, it's be. <laughs> It'd be, and, they, and, you know, they actually don't pay me no mind. We was walking to the store. I took my daughter grocery shopping yesterday. Um, and she she said something. I said, y'all don't care about me. None of y'all care about me. And I'm just in the store just talking stuff. And she said, this is why dad be blowing you off. Because you be talking nonsense. Like, is this why? And so, because, you know, he do be blowing me off, y'all. Like, if I say to herself, he just look at me, he shake his head and keep doing what he's doing. You know, maybe I do talk a lot of stuff for no reason. But I meant what I said. They care about me when they want stuff. All right? All I said yeah. was buy me a pair of pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> <It> was... 
but you know, so yeah. And then they think I'm crazy when I'm not cussing. Yeah. Are you okay? What's wrong? <laughs> Especially Maxine. Are you okay? What's wrong with you? Oh my god! I, I can't even call her baby. I call someone. You don't call. I call you baby all the time. Especially when I'm talking about you to other people. And I, and I told her yesterday. I said all my kids are assholes. When we was walking through the aisle. Uh, the dude was like, because the dude heard how she was talking. He was like, you talking to your mom like that? He said, you want my belt? She wasn't being disrespectful or nothing. And I was like, all my kids are assholes. And she looked at me, really? Yep. Really, all of you, including Tristan, including the baby. Oh He's definitely God. one. I love him, though. But they are, they're jerks. Yeah. Yeah, my son, he's, 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 he's a, he's a little witty, smart, you know, big word asshole words i don't even know what he, what he's saying <laughs> i don't even know what he's saying half of the time but yeah i mean i yeah i just don't think life would be normal i think it's just something inherited in moms that that we act like that or talk like that like that's just normal, unfortunately. That's it's just normal for me. Me telling my kids that I'm going to kick them down a flight of stairs <laughs> is normal to me. Yo, okay, y'all. <laughs> I'm, I'm not an abuser. I don't abuse my kids. They didn't get whoopings, but, you know, abuse, abuse. But I do. I be threatening them and tell them I'm going to push them down the stairs. And, like stuff like, <laughs> and they know I don't mean it. I don't mean like I'm going to literally push you down the stairs or kick you down the stairs. But I ain't going to lie. Maybe that's something that we all say. Right. Don't know it like, man, I kick your ass down the flight of stairs. I'd be like, you want me to punch you in the throat? I've never punched them in the throat. But that just be right. my, first, my first thing. And then Tristan be like, why you always saying you're going to punch me? You never do it. <laughs> <laughs> He's such See, an ass. He is. He is. He, that's a six-year-old. Empty threats. I tell you, empty threats. I gotta stop with the empty threats. It's probably why they don't take me serious. That's. that's I think why. that's why they don't say take a and lot of shit serious. And my mom is a cusser, so I feel so cussing was natural for me. Right. And I realize that now I used to cuss my ass off. She never knew I did. Well, in my diaries, when she would read my diary, I, I won't say by accident because it was on purpose. But if if she had found it mm-hmm. and read it, I cussed a lot. I cussed in that diary too. Mm-hmm. But she never heard me cuss. But when she saw I written, she she even said it. She was like, "Damn, you cuss a lot." <laughs> <laughs> and now as an adult, I cuss a lot. But I got that from her. Yeah, I got it. Didn't mean, people blame it on the military. When I tell you, it's not the military's fault. I was cussing way before right. I joined the army. I got this from her. My mother is a stone cold cusser. I don't know if your mom was a cusser. Yeah. My mama was stone cold. <laughs> my mom, my grandma, I, I I get it honestly. You know, so And it's okay. But I'm trying to do better only because I feel like I don't need to cuss like I do. Cause it's just I cuss a lot. They tried to do the quarter thing with me, baby. I was gonna be broke. I ain't never <laughs> I ain't never put a quarter, a dollar, nothing in that jar. I can say like one Maxine was counting one day. I think I had said in one sentence. I think I said like five or six cuss words, just in one sentence. It just, you know, it just, I cuss a lot. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie to nobody. I ain't gonna fool nobody. No, you know, my son, actually, my son just, <laughs> he just recently told me something not too long ago. <laughs> and it kind of hurt my feelings, but it was kind of funny. He was like, um, he, I forgot how to, it came up, but he was like, "Yeah, why you didn't think? Why you think I didn't have friends over a lot coming up?" 
They used to always want to come over my house. I used to just tell them, man, my mom bipolar. Y'all can't come <laughs> over here. I'm like, what? You told people that? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I would be gaming with people. And you was just coming in. Chance, what the fuck is you doing? I would kick you down the flight of stairs and punch you in the throat. And he was like, you just used to come in my room spazzing out. I didn't know what else to tell them. He was like, so all my friends were scared of you. And I didn't even know that. I was like, really? <laughs> like, you told people that? That's because that? y'all lived in the burbs. I'm like, you told people that I was bipolar? That's the Murph kids, because Maxine friends love to come up because I cut. They love, they love to hear me talk. Oh, my God. Just like one of my aunts, I promise you. I, I would usually go to her house just because I wanted to hear her cuss. Mm. Like, the way that she says cuss words were so hilarious to me. Like, I could listen to her talk all day. Oh, my God. The way she said, you know, I don't like the P word. Y'all, I don't like the P word. I can't say it because it's very vulgar to me. I don't like the P word. You know what you're talking about. She be saying that way. It just be so funny how she say it. Like, I can deal with her saying it because it is hilarious to me. But Maxine friends used to love to hear me cuss. Oh, They wow. used to love coming. They ain't care. Wow. Maxine think it's funny. See, they, they don't tell me they don't care about me. They don't, they don't care about me. But I you guess it's a suburban thing. Yes. That's some suburban kids, okay? Them inner city kids. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> My kids is very privileged. They can't. Uh, driving chance uh he drive he drove out in chicago he's like mom what the hell was and he cursed like no other like and since he's turned 21 he think he could just lay the f-bombs and the stupid mfers out and suck his balls i'd be like dude Am I not standing right here? I'm like, can you just little PG-13 it? You just don't have to be rated R. So he called me. He was like, Mom, what the fuck is this circle thing? And it told me to turn a left in the street. Because we live in the suburbs. He's never seen a roundabout. Oh. (laughs) Okay. And it was so funny to me because it bothered him so bad. He was really pissed off about it. (laughs) He's like, what? I was like, Chance, you just go around and go. This is just the stupidest. You know, like, he think he's the smartest person in the world. Like, who did this? Who who, <laughs> who invented this? Who did this? Like, so I don't get it. you mentioned something earlier that I wanted to go back to. Okay. I wanted to ask a little bit about. So, like I said, I've been privy to a lot of things in Lana's life. Um, one of the things has been her dating. Ugh. <laughs> So, really quick, and I, not not the adult, not the we don't have to get into anything recent. Okay. No recent relationships included. Okay. I.e. the last one, not included in this discussion. <laughs> um, but I did want to ask. So I know your mental health has played a role in your relationships. <sighs> and so, what type of role do you think that has played in your relationship that has affected your kids, and then maybe their idea of dating in your relationships with them because of who you dated or however that played itself out. Cause it all went in together. Um, we don't have to name I, any let names. Me, let me see if I answer this right. Okay. So you want, you're asking me like what role, wait, say that one more time. What role has your mental health played in your dating as far as who you chose to date, how that relationship went, whether it was toxic or what not. And how that affected your relationship with your kids. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, okay. All right. 
So yeah, so uh, my mental health it, with dating, um, it seems like it's always been pretty crazy. Um, so I'll just speak on one relationship that was crazy but healthy, I guess, positive. Um, I was in a relationship with someone and, um, you know, she was a major factor in my kid's life. And, um, but for me and her, um, you know, a lot of people, uh, it's hard for people to deal with, you know, my mood swings, my my depression, you know, seeing me sad, um, me going up and down. It's hard to be with someone like that. And then on top of whatever issues they're going through themselves, and when things are not, when people are not really, they don't really love you and really not accepting you for who you are and all your issues, it's it becomes a big problem. Um, so, uh, the one, one relationship that I was in and, you know, this, it started playing a factor with both of us being really depressed at one time. Like she was really there for me. She was really there for my kids. She was there when I was in pull-ups, you know, she was there pulling boo-boo out my butt, you know, when I couldn't go to the bathroom, you know, whenever I was sick, like, I believe my sickness has played a big role in me being in, you know, relationships. Um, And it was positive for my kids because they loved her. They was attached to her. She, she, she kind of helped me. She helped me be, Cause I feel like my kids ran over me before she came. It was like, she was kind of like the, she was like more structured than me. Like, you know, like the kids was just getting over on me and she opened my ass to a lot of stuff. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, she had that TV dinner in her drawer for how many days? It was just like, and it was just crazy how that just helped me open my eyes to a lot of things in my parenting that I was just letting fall by the wayside. And um, and I appreciated that so much. And it really helped my kids. And still to this day, they still have love for her. They still respect her um, a lot and um, still have love for her when me and her uh split ways it was like uh, a bad divorce you know but it was like because she wasn't their real parent you know it didn't go you know where you know you have visitations because you know in the lesbian world you know people get new relationships and they don't want to hear about they don't want to deal with oh well I help raise these kids from a previous relationship because they feel like um, they're they're trying to still be embedded with the woman versus not just with the kids. So 
that also played a part with me and her because she got into a relationship. The girl was really intimidated by me, so therefore she didn't come around, nor was she obligated to because they wasn't, you know, her kids. So it was just a situation that, you know, my kids hurt from and I had and I had to deal with and it affected my relationship with my kids. Like my daughter was like mad at me for the longest because she felt like I drove her away she felt like it was my fault and um pretty much after that relationship my kids really never got close to anybody else that I dated they just you know tolerated them because Mm -hmm. I have respectful kids but they never had a, a a close bond or a relationship you know like that before you know they you know they was they was good, you know, but it just lets me know how, you know, I've affected my kids because my son, my son had to uh, come get me like maybe like at two o'clock in the morning, you know, my from a relationship situation, and I was apologizing to him, you know, about having him up in the middle of the night dealing with my drama with a relationship and he said to me I'm used to it and that just like messed me up it like it just it just was like wow he he really is used to it you know like and I'm like and I think that he said it without thinking uh, how that was gonna hurt me? Cause then when I when I showed my reaction, he tried to like, you know, soften it up. Yeah. Like, well, I didn't mean it, you know, but yeah. you, you that's how you felt, you know. So that let me know that that's how he's felt all this time, and in return, that made me feel like shit. You know what I'm saying? Because I've had, I haven't had any successful relationships with men or with women in in my life. You know, because I'm still single, so that's that's nothing successful there. And um, you know, it's just it's just kind of it's just is when it comes to my kids and with relationships now, you know, they just, they just stay, they just stay their distance, you know, they be respectful and they just stay their distance. And, you know, they just, they feel how they feel. They don't have, they're grown, so they don't have to deal, you know, with anybody, you know, I'm, they're not babies no more. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's so much different now, but then I can only imagine what it was like what it was like for them to to see me go through so much unstableness and and it's affected them to the way that my son would say to me he's used to dealing with my drama in the relationship that He's used to it, not per se used to picking his mom up off the curve with all the shit. You know, he's not used to that because that's never happened. Right. You know, 
but just just the just the it just the fact of it being an issue the fact of something happening you know just just drama i mean drama toxic drama but you know that how that's how it affected them because they've become normalized to it you know and my kids are They've seen my rage so much that the first thing they think about is their mom going to jail because they, they're always trying to protect me. If somebody's in a vicinity of me that I'm dealing with and it's like a heated situation, before I even move, like somebody can say, that person could say something, and my kids will know by my face what's about to happen. And both of them are reaching to restrain me because they don't want to see me in an orange jumpsuit. You know, they be trying to save who's ever on the other end. Right. You know, um, even, you know, being my mom one time, you know, I, I knocked my mom down trying to get to somebody before, like, you know, it's just been a lot of unstable, unhealthy, toxic. And they've had to go through that with you. Yes, that they've had to go through it with me. I mean, they have the choice now that they don't have to go go through it with me. And, um, you know, they really don't. And even though I understand that this was a previous um podcast but we're on the subject so how do you feel like your dating life has affected their dating life um I really my son doesn't date um I don't think it's because of me why he doesn't date I think it's because of his health but I mean it (laughs) it could be because he always say y'all women is crazy but I'm pretty sure, you know, that he would probably be interacting and dating more if his health was different. As far as my daughter, whew, I don't know. I mean, her dating is like she has a boyfriend and they've been, you know, one-on-one for a while. Um From what I can see from her, she's a lot like me. But she's low-key with it. You know, she's very low-key. Like she do with everything, she low-key. She could be cursing her brother out, and I don't even hear one word. All I hear is him. But um, (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, she's... That's what my mom said about me, though. Yeah. She she, said people don't realize how much you are like me. They think that you are so different. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you are so much like me. They just don't get it. Like, I hold my zen until, you know, right. my breaking point. And then right. you'll see that I'm like my mom. But she's like, they really just think you're just this. <laughs> not to say I'm not. I am a very sweet person. My mom will tell you that I'm a very sweet person. But it's just that when I get to a certain point and I'm pushed to a certain point, mm-hmm. I can become the Cassandra that cusses any and everybody out to its maximum capacity. Like, 
So I get it. Yeah, it's 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 really. <laughs> I really think she's a lot like me. Um, just from you know how I see her interact with her boyfriend, the look she give him, you know, just. I I I feel like my daughter's a lot like me, and um, and that's to be expected. Yeah, I mean you're her <laughs> mom. I'm pretty sure that you are like your mom in yes. so many ways. Oh yeah, I am. You know, so and I know I'm like my mom. Um, I feel like my kids trying to take advantage of the fact I'm like, okay, y'all. So let me tell y'all, um, because I know we got to wrap it up in a minute, but I had took me and Maxine was riding from the store. I had took us to Family Dollar. Uh, to go shopping for something she needed. And she was like, you're going to be just like grandma, ain't you? And I'm like, what you mean by that? You're going you gonna to still do stuff that we actually do, even if you're mad and you say you're not going to do it, huh? Because my mama <laughs> is really bad for yes. people making her mad. And even when she knows she shouldn't do something, she's still going to do it because that's her heart. Like, that's how she still want to help people regardless of what right. they do or say, you know, to her. It's hard for her to just walk away. Right. And I'm like, Oh, that's what y'all think this is. Okay. That's what I'm thinking to myself. Okay, that's what y'all think this is. No, and I told her, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. We're going to see about that. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I think we're a lot like our moms. Yeah. In so many ways. We are. Um, we definitely are. But how are you doing with managing your mental health now? Um, oh. Medication. Um, isolation. I mean, I'm going through, it's like I have breaking points where things are working for me, then something traumatic happens, and then I'll have, you know, some unhealthy coping skills that, you know, I use to get through it, but never for too long because I I have too much self-awareness, so it's like I know what I'm doing and I know why I'm doing it. So, you know, and you've gained that over the years. Yes. I've gained that over the years. Like the way that I am now, I would never ever be able to admit about myself or be aware of like at all. Had you not grown, had I not grown, had I not accepted who I meet, accepted myself, like, to, to not accepting myself, but to to accept the fact that I could never be without flaw, mm-hmm. you know, like accepted that I would never be perfect, that I would never be sane. <laughs> I mean, sane isn't a definition of the beholder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so over the years, I've I've learned a, a lot, a lot, and um. I'm in a much better place mentally, and I can give myself credit for that. You know, even though at times I feel like this is the worst I've been in I don't know how long, I still know that I'm still doing better. I mean, I've always felt like that you were much stronger than you thought, than than you gave yourself credit for. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and I agree with you. I think that your kids have been your your reason for um, pushing through. Definitely. And, and making it through. Because um, that was your goal to always make sure they were okay. So you, you had something that you needed to get done. You had something to look forward to as to why 
it's important that I work on this. I'm not just doing it just for me. And not to say, I know some people say, well, that shouldn't matter. You should do it for you. Sometimes when individuals have nothing to look forward to or feel like it's overwhelming and they have nobody that needs them, they feel like it's okay to end it there. Right. You know, so even though, yeah, we should be able to be strong enough to keep going just for ourselves because it's important just for us, sometimes that extra motivation is needed for some people, and that's okay. You know, everyone always says what they would do when they were in this situation or what you should do, but no one really knows until they actually go through it. Right. Um, And I think that I wanted to do this episode because I feel like no one really talks about the mental health of the mothers and how it affects how she raises her kids unless it's a situation to where the kids have to be removed or it's um, post partum depression right. or those are the things that are mostly talked about you know women mo- women and mothers um, are expected to just be strong and have it all together all the time no matter what they're feeling you have kids you have to raise so none of that matters right. but in reality how we feel what we're going through directly affects our kids and how they're raised and what they feel and what they see right and People put this expectation upon women that isn't fair, or that isn't reality. It's hard. Like yeah, that's for very me, true. Therapist, half therapist, right? So I used to have a therapist, and she asked me who put the perception, who gave me the idea that I needed to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that I had to be strong all the time, and I feel like it was it was given from others, and also given from myself that I had to maintain a certain. Um, I don't know, I won't say a certain level, but I had to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to be strong all the time. I could never show whatever weakness it was that I felt or whatever sadness it was that I felt because I was expected to be the strong friend, right. the strong daughter, the strong cousin, you know, and no one really knows what I've had to deal with or feel or anything like that. And one of my friends told me, well, I, she texted me, we were texting about it. And she said, well, you don't really let people, you don't let people in to do that for you. You know, so one, nobody really knows when you need anything because, but I'm not strong because I want to be strong all the time. It's just what seems to be expected of me. And so I guess, you know, it comes with awareness too, understanding what your breaking point is and finding somewhere to be vulnerable when you need mm-hmm. to be vulnerable. And I just, I don't know, a lot of people don't realize that about me too. Right, but, I can see that. And I always say my mom cannot handle, she's talking about something, I can't handle it. I said that on one of the podcasts, and she called me after she listened to it. She was like, I can't handle when you get sad. No, you can't. She hates, so she cannot. If I start crying on the phone with her, all right, I'm going to call you back. <laughs> like, <laughs> she can't deal with it. She just, and that's okay, you know. I think it's not, it's not normal for you to other people to see me. And like, like, yeah, they know I'm a crybaby when it comes to movies and commercials and like videos and crazy stuff like that. But I'm naturally a crybaby about everything, though. But yeah, she and she knows I'm a crybaby when it comes to that stuff too. But she can do that's different. You're crying because of a movie or a video. But when it comes to something that's going on, she can't really deal with that with me. Yeah. And like I said, I get it because it doesn't. It's not normal because everyone sees me in a a stronger light. Than what is always the case. That what isn't the case sometimes, but yeah, yeah, I I hate to see my daughter cry. Like it's just, it is just. I go into 
automatic let me fix it mode. Like I just, I mean, she's she's not a crier, but if I'm yelling at her, like I, now I feel like she knows. Like if she pisses me off, she'll know. Like she, I, that's why I say like she has me hanging like. I'm her bitch. Like, she just know. I feel like she knows now, like, if I start crying, she won't be mad no more. Or, because, like, I could be so mad at her or something. If she busts out crying, I, my whole everything just changes. It's just like, okay, well, just forget it. We could just figure it out. You know what? I don't think that worked on my mom one bit. My mm. crying, I do think it made her feel a certain way when I would cry when I was younger, mm. when I was in trouble. Something, but my dad, oh yeah, no, nah, like he'd tell him like, yeah, you can stop, or <laughs> you know, you talk about it later, or or whatever. Or I remember he was the reason she didn't whoop me no more. Mm. See, the last whooping I ever got with a belt was, I want to say I may have been nine. I was young, really young, but I didn't do nothing to get this whooping. Okay, it was my brother, <laughs> but we got whoopings together. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sticking to that because I don't know what it was I could have did. But <laughs> I got a whooping. And he heard me scream. Yeah, I went outside to go. He was going to leave. And the door was closed. But he heard me scream. He came back in and was like, nope. That's it. No more. <laughs> that was the last time I got a whooping, yo. <laughs> Thank oh, you, wow. Dad. That was the last time I got a whooping. I remember my auntie whooped me, too. I don't know. Oh, I know what she whooped me for. I was little. I was younger than now, but I remember that woman because that was the first time she ever whooped me, and I couldn't Lord. believe it. I lifted up my dress like, you know how you tell somebody to kiss your butt? Uh-huh. I remember that I did that. Like You I did tell your home. auntie to kiss your butt? I just tell her to kiss my Well, I don't know if it was her. I just remember I did it. <laughs> lifted up my dress, did that. was like, you know, I didn't say kiss my butt, but I turned around like, that's what it meant. And... She told my little brother that was the first time I couldn't believe my auntie with me, yo. She wasn't my favorite. She's still my favorite auntie, though. So she's still one of my favorite aunties. But, yep, she told me up, G. Oh, yeah. She was me asking up, for it. That's the one whooping I know was justified. <laughs> I don't know about anything else I ever you did in life. You were feeling yourself that but day. But that is the one that was justified. Was I wanna, really I'm going to call yourself. her and see if she remember that. I couldn't believe she with me, yo. <laughs> I couldn't. But, yeah, I think I could, I could deal with the kids crying. Um, I could deal with Maxine crying. I feel bad when she cried though. I do it does it makes me feel bad when she cried. Even if I know it's because of me or even if I know I did the right thing, I still feel bad when when she cries. And mm-hmm. Tasia cry baby too. Tasia and Trayden are cry babies. Mm-hmm. Um Maxine says she only cries when she knows she can't say certain things back. So that's what makes her cry. But she a cry baby anyway, even without that. Oh, she be but, mad. Yeah. I cry when I get mad. I cry because of everything, but I cry when I get mad, too. I don't be, it ain't because I'm scared of nothing. It's because I'm, I'm really, really mad. And oh the only thing God. I can do right now is cry. But, but yeah. But, yes, like I was saying, I felt like this was an important episode for me because of the importance of discussing mental health among mothers. Yeah, it's definitely important because. And it's so common. Yeah, it's common. And it's not addressed enough, I don't think, because you have so many moms that, kill their kids and it's like haven't you ever had a moment with your kids that you just was like I see how people be killing their kids like I like before I had kids I've never of course I didn't have that moment and I would judge and be like oh that mama killed her kid how did she do that or you know she whooped them so bad like 
until I had a kid, I was like, wow, it could, in just a split second, mm-hmm. you could lose your shits. You know what I'm saying? And that's all that it takes is that split second. But if you're not a parent and have, you know, a mental illness or, you know, dealing with certain things in life, you never know how that could happen. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of parent, a lot of women, even maybe some single dads that that go through that just like, you just want everything just to shut up. Like you would just probably knock something across the room mm-hmm. just for everything, just to, to be quiet for just for one second. And, I but that's that, all it takes is, yeah. is one second. And you know, then you didn't snap and now you in jail. I think that people forget that same for fathers, of course, but I think that people forget that mothers are women and individual first, you know, individuals right. first and then their parents. It's like when a, when a woman has a child, the only thing she ever is from that point on is a mother. She's nothing else. Right. You know, and I think that's why it's so easy for women to lose themselves, too, when they have kids. Because it becomes all about being a mother. You know, we don't preach keeping your individuality. You know, that's it's important so to maintain that. But we don't preach that because it, what they say, your kids come first. You know, you see those debates on Facebook. <laughs> That'd be so hilarious to me. Who food do you fix first? Right. Who gets their plate first and you know who comes before who comes first in a marriage you know your spouse or your child you know and it's always you know and i see a lot of women it's mostly women it's not the dudes they get mad at the dudes who respond you know his their wife comes first or the husband comes first but it's not the child if you go by biblically he's correct and a lot of people go by biblically but um what you see is a lot of women do say my kids come first before my husband um before my mom before anybody my kids come first is that healthy for your relationship? That's a whole nother topic and a whole nother discussion. Oh yeah. With a whole that's, bunch of different views. Yeah, that's but, a um, whole that's a whole different one. But you see that a lot of women clearly believe that their kids come before any and everything. And although that is true in a lot of situations and in, in certain things, um, they shouldn't come before you because and what I mean by that is you can't give your kid 100% if you're not at 100%. That's true. You know, so you can't sit here and say, I'm giving my kids um, all, and they're going to come first, but yet you're only functioning at 50. So I, they're not getting 100%. That's you know, true. So it's important that you keep yourself, you maintain yourself, and you maintain your mental health because it's going to directly affect your kids and how they're raised and how they view dealing with people with mental illness, how they seek out unknowingly relationships that kind of mirrored what relationship their parents what had, they, what, um, they, what they saw. I know yeah. that um, the most liberating feeling for me was, because that's, I mean, I've been like that. My kids are my life. They've always been the head of my life. They always came before me and anybody in the world and one when my kids got grown and I left them at home or even before I left them with the house it was like the most liberating liberating feeling like I felt free you know like you know like my favorite saying was all I gotta do is feed clothes and shelter you 
So my favorite sound was, I don't have to do shit. You is grown. Like, that's my favorite <laughs> saying now. You know, when they want the extra stuff, uh-uh. The law ain't say I got to do that. All I got to do is this. But now I, they be like, well, you know, try to bring all this stress in my life. I don't, I, that sounds like a you problem. And it feels so good <laughs> to say it because it's not my problem no more. And it was like, I'm free. I mean, I'm never free, but... It's, it's still, it's, I'm free from certain responsibilities, and I have to remind my dumb ass sometimes, like, look, why is you worry about this thing? Let him figure that out. You know, because I automatically go into mommy mode, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'll correct myself, or sometimes my son will be like, well, mom, that's not your problem. She got to figure it out. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. He'll remind me, but he don't remind me when it comes to him, <laughs> you know, but... You know, I'd be like, wait, nope, that's you problem. You figure that out. You know, like I try to just, you know, like I I try to just be, be, you know, tell them, look, this is what you got to do. This this is what you got to deal with. Like, you know, today, another situation, my mom's like, well, he don't got to do that because he had uh, treatment today. No, he fine. Let him do what he needs to do for himself because he needs to make money. You know what I'm saying? Life is not going to stop because you don't feel good. And I always tell my son, like, I'm the first person that's proud of you, and I'm the last person that's going to feel sorry for you. You know what I'm saying? Because of your illness, because of everything that I have been through. Yes, my mom's been right there by my side, but she couldn't do everything for Mm -hmm. me. You know, she couldn't do everything for me. She had her own life as much as she was there for me. I still had to figure out shit, especially when she got married. I really had to figure it out. And ain't none of us like that. That was just like, oh, hell no. But is, you know, chance has to figure it out. Like, I know you just had treatments today. You want to do this or you need this. You need to go work, work a couple hours, and do what you got to do. But who you got in the background? The grandma. Well, if he not feeling good, he'll be all right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to have this conversation with him. It's not my problem. He want to eat. He want food. He want what he got to work for it because that's a you problem. I don't have to do nothing for you. I don't have to close. And my favorite thing is saying to them, I could just move. I can leave. I can be on my own. Y'all can figure out what y'all going to do because I don't have to do shit for y'all. Like when I feel them taking me to a level of stress that has me in my rage and unstableness, I always try my best to choose me over them stressing me out because they will do it because I created them that way, unfortunately. So it's hard trying to break that cycle but um but you're aware so but i'm aware (laughs) that's the hardest part of it right being aware but the best part yes because once you become aware that's when things can really change or you can really you know prevent certain things or manage you're able to manage better because you're aware okay well that is wrapping up today's episode um, is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with? Any um, advice yes, you have yes, for? Yes, yes, um, yes. 
I would say, um, what can I say? Take time out for yourself. Listen to your body. Listen, listen to yourself. Not them crazy thoughts, but you know, (laughs) know. (laughs) don't listen to the voices in your head. You know, not the devil voices. (laughs) You know how they had a devil and a the angel on the shoulders. But just, just listen to to yourself. Take what you need. Trust yourself. Love yourself. Don't be ashamed of not being perfect. Don't be ashamed of having, you know, mental issues because that's life. is is just it's just real. It's it is what it is. Yeah. Um, it's nothing to be ashamed of. And get help if you if you listening to this and you any of this say, well, wow, I felt that way or. You know, you're depressed, you're suicidal. It's nothing wrong with getting help. Like, you have to get help. God cannot fix everything. You got to help him. Help him help you. Absolutely. You know. um, In a support system. Yeah, you, you need a support system. You know, and even if you don't have family and friends and loved ones, you have a medical staff somewhere that, mm-hmm. you know, can help you um you can even if you you're in church you know you still can talk to your your pastor and your your church members about things you go through but you know you 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 still never know so it's just best to to talk to you talk to the pastor, but you know how to, with them little churches with the church board members be talking about Sister Mary Clarence <laughs> and then your whole mental illness be over the, through the whole church. Seek professional help. <laughs> and then, you know, because you always get people that say take it to God. And although there's absolutely nothing wrong with taking it to God, I am, you know, wholeheartedly believe in God and what he can do for you and all of that great stuff. But remember that God made the people. Right. God made the counselors. He put them on earth to help you when he cannot. Just like he made the doctors to help you when he cannot. You know, so it's okay to get therapy. And it's good that a lot of churches are also opening up, you know, getting licensed counselors to work with their ministry. Yes, they are. And they're understanding the importance of seeking outside help because prayer does not dissolve or solve everything. It helps, but it does not. It does not solve it. All right. So I think her advice was best. I don't have anything else to add to that. Um, So I would like to thank you guys for listening. Uh, Thank you for joining me for today's episode. I completely appreciate it. You're so welcome. And um, that is all we have. Something to you means something to me. Oh, thank you. I didn't didn't mean that corny wise, you know. (laughs) Well, I did. I even got my little old sick lady over there. (laughs) That's all we have, you guys. Bye. Bye.